to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good evening, everybody. It is great to see you here for some more Crossum Wrestling Entertainment. This is the last day of our new time of Sunday evenings as opposed to Sunday mornings. So jumping right back into it next week, we'll get back into the swing of things to our regularly scheduled programs. And Otay is happy about that. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, hey, I mean, great episode of Dynamite, which we're going to dive into today. I'm all excited. As you all know, we do all things AEW here on CWE. See what I did there? That was very good. The acronyms are just flying wild. (laughs) Um, I try to think of a way to do like a acromania or something like that. I I like that we are always able to open this with another great episode of Dynamite (laughs) because I've yet to open an episode and go another crappy episode of Dynamite. They have come out with at least some form of good content every single time. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. There's always one match or two matches that is that makes you just say, wow, that was that was pretty man. So good stuff. And tonight uh, was I had a few of them, so I'm excited for that. And let's dive right into it with our opening contest, which was the first match of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament, which we saw Jungle Boy go off against Wardlow. Woo! We had the uh, David versus Goliath storyline going into this one all day. You know, Wardlow is a huge human being, and Jungle Boy is known as the uh, smaller type of competitor who is agile and quick. So we would see who would be able to best each other. Wardlow wastes a little time establishing dominance in the first World Title Eliminator Tournament match of the evening. Uh, he threw Jungle Boy into the ring post, and, uh, driving the wind out of him um, when he threw him into the corner. The big man targeted the back of his opponent, pushing Jungle Boy as the um, as the commentary team discussed the brevity of the of his matches. And, incent- and I'm sorry, excuse me, an instinctive knee to the face stunned Wardlow and allowed Jungle Boy to mount a comeback that included a big missile dropkick and two-face suicida. That's one thing I will say I enjoyed about this match is that they made Jungle Boy look like he was really trying to halt that comeback. You know, he was trying to Absolutely. make him come back uh, and go in. So he was hitting a few big moves. The crowd was popping, which is good always to hear. Uh, moments later, the underdog babyface reversed a power bomb off the top rope into a Hurricane Rana, but Wardlow recovered and downed him with an F10. A second F10 earned the massive heel Wardlow, the W. So, I mean, this first match, this Eliminator, I would say, sets up a gives me a good feeling to say that, hey, we're going to see some more good, good matches going down the road here, as we know the matches already, obviously, that are going to be in the future. Tyler, what would you think of this opening contest? Oh, this was an incredible way to kick it mm-hmm. off. And uh, it, uh, at one of my uh, determinators, that's not a word, is it? I don't know what the right word. determining determining factors. factors. There we go. Uh, of whether or not a match is good is if I can believe it is over more than once. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did have that aspect to this match. I thought well, Jungle Boy had put him away close to the end there, and we were going to see this big upset. Uh, I wouldn't have been upset, but and definitely would have been uh, an upset in the terms of their records because Wardlow has one of the cleanest records in AEW, except for mm-hmm. one defeat to Cody way back when. Uh, so that's an awesome win for Wardlow because I feel like he was kind of falling into the shadow of MJF a little bit. Um, so I'm glad to see him get this win. Would I have preferred it to be Jungle Boy? Yeah, absolutely. I love Jungle Boy. Um, but Wardlow is a great competitor, and he showed it here with those F10s. 
For sure. And um, going off of what we were talking about last week with Dylan, we will have Dylan back again soon. Um, is I mean, I thought Wardlow was going to take Jungle Boy out, unfortunately. Like, like you said, I would have agreed to see – I'm sorry, I agreed to see Jungle Boy go further in this, but I still think they're going to save it until it matters the most for MJF to cost Wardlow. But we'll get to that in a predictions episode later. So next up, we got to see our AW world champion, John Moxley. He had a pre-recorded segment about his relationship with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston will be the one he will be defending his championship against at AEW Full Gear in an I Quit match. And we've seen Woo-hoo. matches of John Moxley against Kenny Omega, against other people, and these have been bloodbaths. They have been tearing each other apart. John Moxley is not one to say, I'm not sure we're going to do something like that. Eddie Kingston is very much like that as well. This match is going to be an absolute slobber knocker. There you go. We'll go with that. <laughs> Good one, JR. Oh proud. All right. Thank you, JR, for listening. Uh, I, I love you. I love you at least. I don't know what Tyler does. Um, John How very dare first. you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I will say I have purchased JR's barbecue on more than one occasion, and it is very, very. Hear that, JR, come on the show. <laughs> we'll I have a friend, Zach, who does barbecue, uh, and he would love to talk to you. Anywho. Uh, he discussed his friendship with Kingston, and uh, you know he had a change in attitude in their match on November seventh. Obviously, coming up for AW Full Gear. So, Tyler, you have an interesting question here, and I'm not sure um, what your take is on this. But are we excited for this match? Is what you put? What are you thinking? I am excited for this match. I think it's going to be bloody. I think these two are going to absolutely push each other to the limit. Um, do I think Eddie will come out with a victory here? Um, I think it is possible, Mr. Cross, but I think we're going to save these predictions for next week's episode, our prediction mm-hmm. episode, where we will hopefully be joined by both Kyle and Dylan. But yes. am I excited? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I'm excited for it, and I won't say who I think is going to win or not, but I mean, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want to just say what I was thinking, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm excited oh, for this. I'm excited best. to see a new opponent for John Moxley, you know, someone who's different than the opponents he's had before, obviously. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be nice to see this match. The I quit style is a style that I don't think we've seen in a little bit. Um, it's been a I, good amount of time since we've seen a match like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see which route they, they go, what story they tell, because obviously Kingston and Moxley are two hardcore type of uh, wrestlers. They're not going to back down from anything. So I imagine there's going to be many spots where we're trying not to look at the screen, but yet we don't want to look away because the disaster is just so beautiful. Right, right, absolutely. Absolutely, is the way I would put that. Uh, so that that segment there was pretty good. They showed highlights of the previous um, AEW Dynamite's show, which after went off the air, and that led us right into our next match, which was another AEW World Championship Eliminator, which I, Tyler, I will ask you to please take us through this match because I know it was very long. Uh, (laughs) this was a surprise match though because if you Mm. remember it was supposed to be mr janella who was going to be in this match um but no if you remember uh when we made our predictions i said this match is gonna last 20 seconds uh Mm. and that was my prediction for joey janella and it came true for a sunny kiss uh so yeah um was not what i expected but um i i loved the uh the entrance so 
with his accomplishments being obnoxiously read off by Justin Roberts, a new over-the-top entrance, including two young women with brooms, which is a nod to his cleaner persona, Kenny Omega made his way to the squared circle for an AEW World Championship Elimin Eliminator Tournament match with Sonny Kiss. Kiss stepped in for Joey Janela, who pulled himself from the show after learning he had come into contact with someone who had tested positive for COVID-19. Omega blasted Kiss with a knee to the face and pinned his opponent following the one-winged angel in mere seconds. After the match, he disingenuously showed Kiss respect before exiting the ring victoriously. Oh, boy. No, yeah. that was insane. And as much as I said that was probably going to happen, I did not expect it to happen just that hard. Mm. Yeah, no, that I mean, uh, wild Noah. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this question: Are you okay with the treatment Sunny Kiss got in this match? Uh, I'm not happy about it. No, mm -hmm. um, because I really do enjoy uh, Sunny Kiss. I've said many times that I'm a big fan of Sunny's work. Sunny's one of the better in-ring performers right now, mm -hmm. uh, and his match with uh, Cody back a few a few months ago uh, goes to show that. Um, so, am I? I'm not like over the moon annoyed um but because mm -hmm. kenny is that much better than sunny kiss oh. um but i'm just not uh fully on board with squash matches absolutely um absolutely. did you I did agree. you enjoy it i don't know i enjoyed it i like seeing kenny omega he's i mean he's one of my favorites if i was right my favorite um besides cody obviously he was your favorite before AEW was a thing you are correct like he was he was and cody and kenny had a big beef in um uh, Ring of Honor, and I actually went to that Supercard of Honor, and I was cheering in Kenny's corner that night. And Cody would win that match, and then later he would win my heart. Sorry, um, <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like you're dating him. Hey, dude, you I mean if uh, and you you watched the excitement that All In was? I mean, oh yeah, that, that you can't not like Cody after that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I got to witness witness it in person. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about AEW Dynamite. Did, was I okay with this? I don't know. I, I agree. You know, I like Sunny Kiss. I just kind of thought it was weird that they had her go down or had him go down this quickly. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Kind of beat him up, did the finisher, and it was done. And I remember when Kenny put a, put his opponent in the position for the one-winged angel and then hit it. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if that was over? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't, think, I didn't think they were going to kick out, but I was just like, oh. Uh, All right. <laughs> That's, I guess we'll move on. And then Kenny had yeah. that look on his face, just like, I mean, told you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the most uh, sure of himself I've ever seen him. But uh, speaking of moving on, let's uh, yes, let's just yes. leave that in the past because I I don't want to bury Sunny Kiss too much. Very, very true. Absolutely, Tyler. You didn't get to do much with that last match. So I'll let you take it to take us through oh. this one, which was an absolute barn burner. I get two in a row. Two in a row, sir. Knock knock them out. That's so nice of you. So <laughs> it is the next round of the AEW World Championship Eliminator matches with Penta L Zero M versus Ray Phoenix. Holy cow. Mm. Uh, this is a match that has happened many times. Uh, if you are an indie fan, you've seen this happen in the past. Um, but as an AEW fan, you may have not seen these two go toe to toe quite yet. Uh, very exciting. So two of the greatest luchadors of this generation battled in brotherly warfare advancement for advancement in the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament at stake. The Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix and Penta L0M battled in the third match of the night. 
Penta targeted the ankle of his brother early, but that attention was short-lived and gave way to a brutal exchange of chops. A springboard by Phoenix earned him a kick to the face mid-fight. Phoenix responded by wiping his sibling out. He attempted to run the ropes, but Penta pulled the top rope down, leaving Phoenix to crash to the mat below. Penta controlled the match during the commercial, both in and out of the ring. A missed chop connected with the ring post, allowing Phoenix to catch him with a super kick. Penta rocked his brother with one of his own to reestablish his advantage. A springboard sling blade by Penta impressed even Eddie Kingston, who was on commentary, while a head scissors by Phoenix uh, may have stunned himself uh, more than his opponent. Excuse me. Sorry, I slipped up on that one a little bit, Mr. Cross. No worries, sir. No worries. <laughs> he still managed to rock his opponent with a super kick for a near fall, though. Phoenix then delivered a big Spanish fly from the top rope uh, for another close two count. Penta caught Phoenix in midair and turned him into a powerbomb, but Phoenix recovered with a destroyer from out of absolute nowhere for the win. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of the, as I call it, the Canadian destroyer. Mm -hmm. Um and that was one of the most clean destroyers I've seen hit in a while. Mm. Absolutely loved that segment. No, absolutely. I, this, I think this match, match of the night. Oh, easy. I'm yeah. honestly, I'd even put up there like month status. Yeah, uh, match it, of the month status because this insanely this, how good that was. Absolutely, they tore the house down. Uh, it's great to see two guys just go in there and, and wrestle, plain and simple. Uh, they yeah. kept everyone on their toes themselves, obviously, and the audience. And it was an absolute just fun match to watch. I mean, they they had us on the edge of our seats. They were going in. Uh, Phoenix is always fun to watch. He's bouncing all over the place. Uh, that finish was just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it was insane. Yeah, when he when he popped out and went for that destroyer, and I just was like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> like that, that was almost uh, that shock was close to what I experienced last night in watching game for the world series, but Oh, I know we have to talk about today. that today. Conversation for another <laughs> day. Make sure to check out baseball, baseball with the bar. Fans. Oh, uh, right. We'll be talking about that in just a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean, this was another great match of this AW world championship eliminator. I really like this idea, by the way, are you familiar Tyler with any type of, I mean, we've seen tournaments, but like this AWO championship eliminator, like I've never heard that term before. Being yeah, honest. no eliminator is definitely new, but I, I like how it feels. It, it's, mm. it, it feels fresh. It feels new. Um, and that's something I think that AEW is going for. They're taking things that have been done before and just putting their own twist on it. For sure. For sure. No, absolutely. And like I said, it's been fun to watch. And one thing I like the most about it, it's nonstop action. So we're yeah, going to go on to the next match. Right into the next one. <laughs> the last match of the AEW World Championship Eliminator when we saw Hangman Adam Page take on Colt Cabana. Hangman Page and Colt Cabana rounded out the AEW World Championship Eliminator round number one. Page hit a standing shooting star press for an early near fall and then delivered a springboard clothesline um, at a pasito on the floor. During the break, Page delivered a big forearm to the face while Evil Uno watched from the ramp. Back in the ring, he delivered a pump handle fallaway slam into a bridge for two. Cabana fought back into the match, coming out with a break, uh, but Page caught him in midair and drowned him with a suplex. Cabana shoved Page off the top rope, sending him flipping back first onto the ring apron. Oof. Where's Tyler? Tyler, ring apron. Sorry, sorry, my mic was muted. That is the hardest part of the ring. There you go, thank you. A big splash followed as uh, 
Boom Boom took control of the match. Page boom, answered. Boom. Yes, yeah, I know. Great, thanks. Page <laughs> answered with a power bomb for two. Cabana tried for the Chicago skyline from the top rope, but Page escapes and uh, tried for his own finisher, the buckshot. Cabana countered into a Superman uh, for the two. Bro, that, I know. That's okay. That spot I there, folks. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch that because that was one moment in this match where I was like, no, no way, way are they going to let Cabana pin Paige right now. Because when he when Cabana hit that Superman, I like I just clinched in my body. I was like, wait a minute. This can't happen. <laughs> and that was so clean, too. Like, it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah, it was. That Superman's really cool move. I mean, it's not much. It's just a, it's, like, it's more of a roll-up, but it's cool the way he gets into it. Yeah, uh, Hangman, Hangman finally hit the buckshot to advance in the tournament and set himself up for a showdown with the Beast Wardlow. I really enjoyed this match. Like, I wouldn't say it was a barn burner like the last one. Yeah, no. Uh, but it was yeah, still really it's hard fun. to follow that last match. Valid, but I, I still feel they did a good job. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It, what do you think about like a three star, three star average match? Maybe like a two point nine. Like there was nothing that blew me away. Um, but they're two guys who are incredible in the ring. Colt Cabana has been around for forever. Wrestling fans have heard his name without knowing who the hell he was for the last 10 years, thanks to CM Punk. Mm. Uh, so he's been a name that people have been familiar with in the wrestling world for a very long time. And now, finally, he's getting a main stage to put his name on. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Love to see it. Um, Tyler, what did you think of the Dark Order's role in this match? Of them just kind of standing there? I'm sick of them. Okay. I used to love the Dark Order. <laughs> Uh, but I'm getting sick of them putting their noses in every single aspect of this roster. Um, mm. I get, I'm, uh, I guess we'll go from the, uh, creator side here, the writer side. It makes sense, uh, because they, people loved them too much. People were all on board for the dark order and now they're really, really showing how much of a heel, uh, team they can be. Uh, so I'm happy that they, uh, are doing that. But as a viewer, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. And then last question about the Dark Order here. As the announcers after the match spoke about how it was odd for the Dark Order to go and pick up their fallen brother. Normally, they're kind yeah. of just looking for vengeance and that kind of thing. And Paige was waiting for that. He turned around quickly, made sure they weren't coming in the ring to try and beat him up or anything. But they just picked up Cabana and tucked their tail between their legs and took him back. Like, what, what did you think of the change of attitude, I would say, uh, with the Dark Order? It's an interesting take for sure, um, mm -hmm. but we've seen it that Colt Cabana's the uh, endearing one, the one who is sure. helpful, the one who, uh, you know, after Evil Uno uh, got a loss, he was the one like, it's all right, bud, you'll get him next time. And then Evil Uno repaid the favor when uh, Colt took a big loss. Mm -hmm. um, so it, this may eventually be a tide turner for our, the Dark Order where they turn on Mr. Brody Lee and we get a Dark Order 2.0. Um, but I think I'm looking too far into it. Uh, and this could just be, hey, Colt's the nice guy of the group. Let's pick him up. Sure. And then also, maybe they're a little affected and shaken up by the fact that Cody kind of you know dethroned their leader. Yeah. Yeah. That could be really another, quickly. a week before. So that maybe could they're be looking for a new one. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm still also all in for my Matt Hardy, leader of Dark Order. Leader of the happen. Dark Order, major heel turn on for Matt Hardy. Really? Could still happen. Could still happen. <laughs> Excuse me. That would be maybe wild. The, Dark, the Dark Order is showing a nice side. Maybe they're no longer heels. Mm. 
<laughs> I, see I don't know if I can believe. I see how for a few of them. There's like maybe two of them where I could see them as faces. The rest of them are all heels. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. And we, uh, for the first time, I know in our podcast, you haven't seen this before, our shows, we're going to take a quick break uh, and talk about a few of the podcasts and other shows that we have here on the CMG Podcasting Network. So first up, have you ever felt stuck in your marriage or relationship? Have you ever wished that there was someone that could tell you everything that you need to know about love and relationships? If this is you, then Music and Vibes Podcast is for you. The Music and Five podcast is a is a show hosted by uh, Kiana Mitchell. Did I say that correct, Tyler? You did, Kiana Mitchell. Yes, Kiana Mitchell discusses different relationship issues and what you can do to improve yours. For more information about the Music and Vibes podcast, go to musicandvibes.com. And now we're going to roll into a quick commercial for some more shows that are on the CMG network. I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball. Man there. Got him. Meshing. Touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes and change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith. Touchdown, Alabama. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Hey, I knew those last guys. That's a similar sounding voice we have there. That's bizarre. And it was good. I just want to come in here quick, Mr. Cross. Beast Mode Breaks. Uh, one of my buddies uh, is running an incredible page over on Facebook and YouTube. Beast Mode Breaks. They are a pack opening, a card pack opening page. Uh, and I just want to read this. So we are a group of friends trying to deliver you the best box break experience. All breaks are listed on the Beast Mode Breaks group page. And we are always looking for some super hot fire. That's Andy, Tyler, and my man, Dave, running an incredible experience over on that show. Um, I was there uh, for one of their last pack openings and actually got a Pete Rose signed card. Uh, so it was an incredible experience altogether. 
uh, give them a listen. And we will hopefully on Baseball with the Bard be having them join us for one of our upcoming episodes. Yeah, I love it. There you go. But you go. get it right back into the action, Mr. Cross. For sure. And to jump back in, I'm, I'm excited to be able to turn this one over to you there. I finessed it in a way. So I want you, Tyler, you please take us through the absolute elegancy and beauty uh, that was first the Taz promo and then Le Dinner Debonair. I apologize. I didn't make a bottom feed for it, but we will open up with the Taz promo that we have here. Uh, I don't know about you, Noah, but I have absolutely loved the dynamic that has come from these guys. So mm. Taz and Ricky Starks has uh, cut a promo on Will Hobbs and Darby Allen ahead of full gear, all while uh, the FTW champion Brian Cage looked imposing in the background and in this picture in the foreground. Uh, I absolutely love their dynamic Taz on commentary coming off with a microphone and joining in with them um, has made for a fun story. I guess the question for you, Noah, would be, do you think these guys have what it takes to take down Will Hobbs uh, if he gets a formidable opponent in a tag team setting? Hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll beat him? I know they beat him once already, but I think it was a incredible match. And I think Hobbs has something to prove now. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I just think of this dynamic of this group, as you just talked about, and how well they work together. Taz is going to do whatever he has to do to make sure his guys come out on top. So I don't, I don't see them losing to anybody. I mean, I love Will Hobbs, and I'd be rooting for him. But if I had to pick with my head, it would be these guys. All right, fair enough. Well, elsewhere, we had <laughs> Le Dinner Debonair beginning as Taz was leaving the stage with MJF and Chris Jericho. And I just want to address out the gate, This was one of my favorite segments in AEW history, just as I predicted it would be on last week's episode with Dylan. It was exactly what I hoped for and more. Actually, it wasn't because I didn't expect it, but it was as great as I hoped for. Um, So like I said, elsewhere, Chris Jericho and MJF had their dinner debonair. They started by going back and forth uh, over their porterhouse steaks and then turned their attention to the prospect's of mjf as a member of the inner circle a musical interlude featuring a performance of me and my shadow ensued complete with a rocket ripoff uh the vignette ended with the heels complaining about their rareness of their stakes in a nice exclamation point noah this was so fun hmm. i absolutely love them singing me and my shadow going back and forth with each other and harmonizing and going around in a circle and dancing with the fake rockets in the background and i absolutely loved every minute of this segment and uh if people uh haven't paid attention to online uh the war is waging right now because holy cow people either loved this or hated this and i for one was a massive fan now noah i didn't really get to get your take on this before we started Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about this? I thought it was great. I'll say when it, when it started, um, and I should say when Chris Jericho started singing at the beginning of their <laughs> musical number, my yep. jaw hit the floor. <laughs> hit the floor. I was like, wait a minute. What is this? Like, what is going on? And then they just broke into song and the curtains open up and they're dancing and all that. Uh, so I was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny for what it was. Um I will say Dylan here, who was on last week, said he was not going to lie. He was disappointed by it. He expected more of a comedy scene. And I would agree. Like, I thought it would be, I guess, funnier. I mean, it'd laugh, obviously, the fact that these two men are doing this musical number and they're just going in and singing. I mean, you know, Tyler and I are big musical fans, if you know us well. 
Uh, I just wasn't expecting that. So that to me was funny. But in the sense of what you would normally think of in a Chris Jericho segment with MJF, like, I mean, you know, they would have more one-liners with each other. They would have more, I guess, of a beef. Or there more, were plenty. Uh, ah, beef. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh, no pun intended. No, this was so good. This, this, If you're looking for just the comedy, they had a minute of comedy in the beginning and a good 30 seconds of comedy at the end uh, where they were one-upping each other on how rare they wanted their steak before the, ma before the uh, match, I almost said, before the singing match began um they kept saying like i want mine well done well i want mine medium well i want mine medium i want mine medium rare rare blue and then they started singing um and making fun of other wrestlers in the meantime and then when they got back to their table the waitress came and gave them their steaks and they were basically raw and they turned and said waitress and it was just perfect uh so well thought out um and i really the what I have to say to the people who hated this um, wrestling is not the same as it was in the eighties, nineties and two thousands. It is very different now. Uh, mm. It is a different kind of audience. The thing is that people are saying if WWE did something like this, we would be crapping all over it. And they may be right because there isn't people like MJF and Chris Jericho in the WWE. They are in a league of their own. They can do something like this, and it does not tarnish them. You may not like them as much, but they're heels, so they don't give a damn. They absolutely did exactly what they needed to do to piss off people, to like neither one of them, so that it has a toxic feel to it when you're watching it, and you're actually cheering either for both guys or against both guys. Mm. It is a heel environment, and I think they did exactly what they needed to do. All right. No, fair enough. Like I said, I mean, it's not, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I wouldn't agree with the crowd who I guess are saying it was like terrible. Or oh yeah. There's people who don't want to watch wrestling anymore. They're like, yeah. thanks for ruining wrestling for me. Wrestling. Yeah, is not, I, it, it's <laughs> ruined now. You've made it too girly. It was like, please oh, settle down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's all settle moving down. On. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody yes, uh, just bring it down a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> There you go. Speaking of bringing it down, we finally got to see Britt Baker in some action here on AEW Dynamite. This, to me, made my evening. I mean, it was a good show. Don't get me wrong. But whenever Britt Baker graces us with her presence, you know it's going to be a great show. Um, she would take on uh, Killian King. Uh, Killian King, a veteran of AEW Dark Battle, Dr. Britt Baker in singles competition as the company's resident role model sought to climb into women's title contention, which she should have already been there, if you ask me. But anyway... She is. Uh, I was just being nice. Fair. <laughs> uh, King countered an attack uh, lockjaw early, but fell prey to a stomp, as you see there on your screen. She recovered uh, and teed off on some forearms. Baker drowned her opponent with a trip uh, and tried to and went for a quick pin. Baker delivered a flatliner into a buckle bomb, uh, and Rebel added some insult to injury with a ringside taunt, as she would normally do. A fisherman's neckbreaker, uh, another stomp and a lockjaw, spelled the end for King as Britt scored a hard-fought win. Um, I liked the lockjaw. I enjoyed the match because I like watching Britt Baker. However, we're gonna look at this picture here and tyler could you just tell me what's going on um not a huge fan of what happened here it felt like a little bit of a a, a botch fest 
uh, going into the end. The lockjaw was a good save. Uh, I appreciate the glove. It, it was very perfect. Uh, you know, COVID, we can't be too safe. Uh, mm-hmm. So she threw on her little rubber glove before she put her hand in uh, Killen's mouth. <laughs> so that was a bit of comedy added to this as well as uh, reality added to this because I doubt she'd usually have that glove on. Um, but the end here, as you can see, she's going for a stomp and hmm, that didn't really go all that well, did it, Mr. Cross? There was zero contact. So, <laughs> um, but it's going to so make the next Pacha Mania uh, YouTube yeah, real. <laughs> it wasn't fantastic. Uh, but <laughs> still love Britt Baker. Yeah, so we will jump into our main event of the evening. Tyler, are you surprised this main event? Um, you know, the only reason I thought it would was just because of the uh, the setup of the night, because of how they had all of those round, all of those big matches. The only one who could have taken this spot was Omega and Colt Cabana. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Or, did I say that? I, wrong person. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hangman and Colt Cabana. I'm sorry. Hangman and Colt Cabana. Yeah. I, I could have made it. I feel like Phoenix and, and, um, I don't think enough people and, actually care about them right now. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's, it's, un, it is unfortunate. And for people who are big wrestling fans, yeah, that could have, that could main event every indie show for the rest of mm-hmm. our lives. Um, but it is not the case just yet. They'll get there. They'll yeah, get yeah. there. AEW needs a few more years of development before people do appreciate that kind of wrestling. Exactly, but we do. We appreciate it. Uh, exactly. Uh, which leads us into a match that we both appreciated even more because it was very good, which was a four-way tag team match for the a number one contenders uh, cha- for the tag team championships. Four of the top teams in AEW battled for the opportunity to challenge FTR for the tag team titles at AEW Full Gear. The Young Bucks, Private Party, Dark Order, uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, and The Butcher and the Blade with the bunny waged war in a chaotic four-way main event. It did not take long for the action to break down. The Butcher and Blade slowed the pace and worked over a Mark Queen of Private Party, heading into the commercial break. During the picture-in-picture timeout, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara brawled, uh, adding heat to their program, as they would usually do, because why not? Although Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood discussed the tag division and their rivalry rivalry with Matt and Nick Jackson uh, at the commentary position. Back from the break, Reynolds and Silver starred, nearly scoring the pinfall victory over Quinn. The Bucks broke up the pin, saving their title aspirations. Isaiah Cassidy joined Quinn for a hearty party uh, for a near fall and fell prey to a double knee to the back of, by the blade. The Bucks gained control and mocked FTR, costing themselves a three count in the process. As we've been seeing, the Bucks have somewhat been losing their minds. Cassidy almost scored a roll-up win on Nick, but the attitude heel narrowly escaped defeat. Mac pulled Quinn off the apron and then proceeded to pin Cassidy by reversing a victory roll for the win. After the match, a match Tully Branchard joined the tag champions in their in a beatdown of the Bucks, culminating with a spike pile driver on Nick with a chair assault to the ankle of Matt. So, to put mm-hmm. it simply, this match was a bit of a banger. Yeah, right? definitely. I they mean, they put, really cleaned up. Absolutely. When you put this many people in a ring that are this talented, it's going to be good. Okay. Uh, that was not a shock there to say the least that it was a great match. I mean, what was shocking was the, I mean, at the pace of it. I feel like they were, I mean, they were going in. This was zero to a hundred. They didn't slow down at all, uh, which obviously you'd love to see. Tyler, what did you think of the winners? 
Um, and I would have been happy if any of the four of these teams won. Um, they're all four of these tag teams are very good. Um, I love Alex Reynolds and John Silver. They're very fun to watch in the ring together. Uh, Private Party has that dynamic with Matt Hardy that I really love. The Butcher and the Blade are these guys who came from the indie scene out of absolutely nowhere uh, and have made a name for themselves now with uh, the Bunny, which <laughs> I absolutely love this dynamic, getting her away from the, uh, the Rhodes family, getting Allie back into a heel role. Um, so this, I'm, I'm all for the way this ended, uh, but I would have been happier to see one of the other smaller teams maybe get a push. But we end up with this. Um, <laughs> and so it is going to be good. And we know it will because these are two of the best. These Both of these tag teams are in the top 10 tag teams in the world. Um, so you know that this is going to be an absolute incredible match. Mm, I don't like the way they treated them at the end of the match, though. I know they've been a little out of hand uh, with, you know, super kicking people that shouldn't be super kicked. Um, but I hope this doesn't set up a reason that the Young Bucks won't be able to compete. And if they aren't able to compete, then why not give it to Eddie Kingston's boys? Let's get these guys in and have them in the title picture at uh, full gear. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I I kind of agree with the winner of the Young Bucks taking the victory here. Uh, I just feel like going into the pay-per-view, it's something that we've been wanting to see, I guess, the Young Bucks versus FTR. Yeah, I mean, they've been building up for We've been talking months. about, exactly. Uh, so I'm excited to see that at full gear. I don't see. Oh, we're not going to do the picks tonight. Never mind. Never mind. So, yeah, no. Right. Great we'll, match. We'll do our picks next week. Don't you worry, yes. Noah. Yes. Great match. Great way to end the show. Uh, I love seeing it, and I'm always happy with Matt and Nick Jackson winning because I really do want to see them have a barn burner with that. Yeah. FTR. Yeah. I don't think they should win. I think they're they're too they're even more healy than FTR is. Um. So I think we they have enough of a heel vibe right now that we don't need to go from a one heel tag team to the next. Valid. Valid. Very valid there, sir. So overall, I would say it was a fantastic episode of AEW Dynamite. Tyler, what was your overall take? And because we're marquee wrestling fans, what's your score out of five? It was a very, very good night. Um, I initially was aiming at more of like a 3.8 uh, for this show. But because of the dinner debonair, I'll give it a 3.9. <laughs> generous. Very generous. Uh, I would have to say I'm going to give it a solid four. To be completely okay. honest, because there was multiple matches where I thought a they lot were gonna be matches. over. I thought they were gonna be over before um, like you know, there were a lot of false finishes that I fell for, I should say. Um, in being Penta and uh, Phoenix, in being Hangman and Cabana, when Hang uh, Cabana hit that Superman, there were multiple yeah. moments where I was like, Oh my gosh, and that didn't happen. And even Kenny and Sunny Kiss was a huge shock to see how quickly yeah. that match was just over. So I'd give it a solid four. I think they absolutely killed it. It was a great night. Um and that will take us into our preview of next week episode, which is our go-home episode, taking yes. us into AEW full year. First up, we will have Hangman Adam Page go up against Wardlow to see who will advance in the World Championship Eliminator. Uh, this match, I mean, it's going to be a fun time. We can do a pick for this, though, Tyler. What do you think yeah, absolutely. the W here? Um, I've, I really read up on this. I, I've been uncertain as to who to pick for both of these matches moving forward. But the one take that stuck with me is uh, I'll, I'll explain the whole thing in the next one. But I, I won't explain myself just yet. But I'm taking Wardlow. Hmm. I'm taking Wardlow, too. So. Okay. 
Um, so that's interesting. I wonder if we have the same reason. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't find a good graphic here. I found a quarterfinals. I don't know who made this or why, um, but it is the right people. Yes, yes. The correct people here, Kenny Omega versus Ray Fenix, and to see who will advance, uh, obviously, in this semifinals competition because the next person goes off and obviously gets the fight to see who's going to face whoever the AW champion is. This match is going to be unbelievable. This yeah. is what I was hoping we would get. Uh, that's why I really wanted uh, Phoenix to be Penta. I really wanted Kenny to be um, who we thought his opponent would be and then obviously ended up beating Sonny Kiss so we could get this match. Uh, I actually had the chance to see Kenny Omega face Ray Phoenix live at a Northeast wrestling show. Man, and just, I was going to put that as the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, I don't know if you remember, I had a gig that night. And yeah. I, chose, I, I chose to work and chose to go do magic and perform instead. And um, Kyle, who was on the show before, and my uncle Anthony and our friend Lewis went and I sat out because I obviously had to work and I wanted to go and, and uh, do some magic that night. But from what they told me, I missed a good one. Um, so Wait, hopefully, no, not at all. Hopefully, they live up to that and maybe even do a, have a better match coming up this week. That's why I will be able to see it. So that, that there's the graphic for that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was a great night, and I had tickets to it, and I didn't end up going. But it's okay, Tyler. Who do you think's gonna take this one? You ready for this, Ray Phoenix? Oh my God. I'm taking Ray Phoenix versus Wardlow in the final. Um, and wow. here's my, now I'll give you, you know what? You pick first, then I'll give you my reasoning. Kenny Omega. Okay. So I'm picking Ray because I think that both uh, Kenny and Hangman are going to cost each other. And they're going to have their own max match at full gear where they will fight each other in a grudge match to put this stupid rivalry to bed. And then they can focus on their singles careers. That was the best angle I have seen on this little rivalry. Uh, and that is why I am going with that. Uh, mm. And also, Ray Phoenix and Wardlow are two guys who I think deserve title pushes. Um, and I think, honestly, uh, Wardlow will win that final match um, and, and go on for a main title push. Uh, and then somehow MJF might squeak his way into that title push. Okay. But why okay. are you taking Kenny? Is it for the Kenny. obvious reason that it's Kenny Omega? But that's yeah, yeah. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny freaking Omega. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't even have to dive too deep into it here. I mean, he's Kenny freaking Omega, dude. Like, uh, I, I mean, him versus John Moxley would be amazing in, in any type of show. Him in the final against Wardlow would that. be would be amazing to see him have to overcome, uh, you know, a beast of a human being in the likes of Wardlow. Uh, yes, we've already seen it, and we still Kenny Omega. So I'm taking Kenny, even though I love Phoenix. These these are two of my favorites. I'm more excited to see uh, how great this match is going to be. And in the end, we will be the winners. After yeah, absolutely. You know where we're not going to win, though? I'm scared. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm scared. very scared. Uh, as Tay Conti <laughs> takes on Abandon. Who, Abaddon. Abaddon, my apologies, who's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the scariest gimmicks uh, in a very long time since when the boogeyman was actually scary. Um, that well, is probably the most. I remember, best being way to... a kid. I remember being a kid being so scared of the boogeyman. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, well, he used to be terrifying and then he just became kind of gimmicky. And I hope that's mm. not whatever happens to Abaddon. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, I don't see it happening. This is uh, an easy yeah. pick. This match is going to last 
two seconds, Abaddon is going to absolutely decimate Tay Conti. I agree. And it's going to yeah. be worried. Tay, please be careful. <laughs> please be careful. This maybe finally, we have an answer as to who is going to be the person to take out uh, Sheeta and no maybe way. Abaddon. Oh, can you imagine putting a strap on Abaddon? Stop it. Oh Stop my it. gosh. That would be insane. Right. It would take 10 women to defeat her. That's enough. <laughs> All right, fine. We can talk about the town hall then. How about yes, that? Let's talk about this to see if MJF will be allowed uh, to join the inner circle. They will be having a town hall, the inner circle members themselves. And they're going to debate. And they're going to see if MJF has what it takes to join their exclusive group. Tyler, do you think MJF will ultimately become a member of the inner circle? Absolutely not. Okay, there is not a chance in hell. This is going to set up hopefully some sort of massive maybe Survivor Series-esque match uh, where MJF gets his own faction together and they go up against the inner circle. Um, mm. I would love to see something like that where he gets uh, you know, Wardlow and a few other heels on board and they go after a heel versus heel faction party. Ooh, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I'd have to agree with you 100%. I don't think they will allow him in. They're probably going to make it look like they're going to be all buddy-buddy and ready to go and then they'll just... Take the rug out from under his feet, and that'll be it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, so if anybody is praying to see MJF join the inner circle, I'm sorry, I don't think. And then this will lead us into our probably main event of the evening for the TNT Championship, as the American Nightmare Cody puts his championship on the line again against Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed in a lumberjack match. Tyler, are you excited for this match? I am very excited for this match. Um, okay. And they have, the reason they have the Lumberjacks is so that Dark Order cannot get involved in this mm -hmm. match. Um, and Noah, hot take. I'm taking Orange Cassidy again. Oh, my Lord. I am oh taking Orange Lord. Cassidy so that they can fight yet again at full gear or after full gear so that Orange can defeat Darby Allen at full gear. And then these two can continue a rivalry. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's a that's like a like blistering hot take. I, or maybe um, they can add Cody to that match. It can be a triple threat match at full gear. Uh, okay, that could work too. That could work too. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be similar to my Kenny Omega match. I'm gonna choose Cody because he's Cody. Because he's Cody. Yes, uh, and I will leave it at that. I don't see Cody losing this. I see Cody having this for a good amount of time. If he's gonna beat Brody Lee, he ain't gonna lose anybody for a while. Um, so that's the reason for that. So I'm excited for next week's episode of AW Dynamite. Uh, don't forget next week's episode of the Crossome Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. We'll be predicting AW Full Gear. So join us back here. We hope to have Dylan. We hope to have Kyle. He'll obviously have myself and Tyler. And we will be giving you our picks, our ideas on what we think will take place that night. Already announced matches are AEW World Championship match, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in the I Quit match, AEW Tag Team Championship match, FTR versus the Young Bucks, uh, the Elite Deletion, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, Darby Allen will face either Cody or Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship after we know who wins on Wednesday. And with that being said, we thank you so much for joining us here. We had a lot of fun. Tyler, I know I had fun. I know I had fun. We hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. So we will see you next week for our predictions episode. I'm Noah Cross. That is my best friend, Tyler Bard. And this was Crossum Wrestling Entertainment. Thank you. 
listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.